0: Like wow, like hello, what? Whatever it is, I'm liking it.
1: Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Podventure Time. This is the podcast where I, Pat, get my friend Ben to become a super fan of Adventure Time. Ben, how you doing? I'm good. I'm two seasons in. You've completed two entire seasons of
0: Adventure Time. How do you feel? Exhausted? No, uh, I feel fine. I have to. I have to admit, these last few episodes we watched have—they've uh, picked up a little. They have really. They've really picked up the world building and they've picked up the, the intensity. I liked them.
1: Yeah, honestly, when you said exhausted, these episodes that we're talking about today, they are kind of exhausting. I i thought that they were, I don't know, it seems like the, the series has raised the stakes, but we can get into that right now. So... Let's jump right into the two episodes that we're going to talk about today, those being episodes 24 and 25 from season two. If you listened last week, you know that there's actually 26 episodes in this season, but we're talking about these two because they certainly seem like the natural ending to season two. So episode 24 is called Mortal Folly. And uh, Ben, why don't you tell us what's going on
0: here? You bet. Happy to. This being the first episode of a two-part cliffhanger uh, story arc, this episode focuses on the introduction of a new villain. It begins with a meditation session between PB, J- uh, Finn, and Jake on the balcony of Bubblegum Castle. Candid- do you ever benetate? Benetate. I do. I do benetate. Um, that was actually just me misspeaking,
1: but I'm glad that you heard Benitate because that's funnier than me just saying some un- unintelligible word.
0: <laughs> I benitate. I don't meditate. It's a different kind of thing that I do that only Ben's can do. Um, it involves a lot of ice cream, mostly. the uh, A pod have, full of ice cream? A pod full of ice cream, yes. Did uh, you get one of those installed after we talked about it? Because I'd be totally jealous if you did. <laughs> No, no, I did not. Uh, the, I have no follow-up. The, so, uh, so moving <laughs> on, the. Um, Let's meditate on that for a moment. And I'm done. The, All right, go ahead. The meditation session. We're barely into the episode, people. Like can we haven't, we haven't made it past the opening scene here. It's Finn, Jake, and PB at Candy Kingdom Castle. And they are meditating Finn and Jake aren't doing very good. They're not the most calm and thoughtful individuals. They're kind of chatting about, they're chatting and they're actually aware of it. They're kind of like, "Ah, I don't know what to do here. So they're kind of faking it until they make it. So they, they, they find a bit of peace. They, I think Finn starts thinking about just himself with like lots of muscles and cool armor Yeah, he basically envisions himself as the ideal
1: hero that he would like to be.
0: Yeah, and Jake thinks about Lady Rainicorn riding on a horse, I think. Yeah. Um, And then PB, we get a little glimpse into her meditation session, and it is interrupted by a flash of something dark and evil-looking. It brings her out of her meditation state and into a very immediate reaction of, I've got to go somewhere. Yeah, we got to get moving and do something about this. And at first, she's going to go on her, on her own, but then Finn asks, do you want us to go with? And she says, you know, maybe it is time. Maybe you are ready. And at this, I think Finn and Jake get pretty jazzed because it seems a little more important or intense than what they initially thought. And so the first thing Princess Bubblegum does is she gives them some gems to wear, sort of like a head diadem kind of jewel to wear on top of their head basically
1: yeah it looks like the uh little crown that the um what's her name the uh the empress in Neverending story what's, yes what's the adjective that comes before her oh
0: i can't remember
1: that's uh though childlike the childlike empress from yeah. Neverending story wears a similar crown to what pb gives to Finn and jake
0: yeah no that's an i remember the imagery i just didn't remember the name but that's an exactly that's exactly what they're wearing and as they put this on it's very magical clearly some sort of shield like a force field kind of goes around their head it's invisible it just sort of like appears and then and then it fades but it's clearly that something has occurred where they are now protected in some way pb does the same she kind of rubs the gem that's part of her crown uh and a similar effect happens then she blows on a whistle, uh, sort of. Uh, Willy no, Won- she she cl- she claps in a in a particular pattern. That's what it is. She claps on a particular pattern. What it reminded me of was Willy Wonka, uh, Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka, blowing on a little whistle to call the Oompa Loompas. But it's sort of like yes. a it's sort of like a, a clap 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 clap, and it summons the peppermint butler, who mm-hmm. who then maybe he blows a whistle, but he, he does something. He blows that- a bubble. Yeah, he blows a bubble. There's a musical element to it. Don't I'm swear that there was a tone involved in some this, at this something some point in this. I'll um, take you at your word. Yeah. It wasn't an entirely <laughs> silent sequence, is maybe as far as I can go. <laughs> a bubble appears around them and begins transporting them. It's a transport bubble. It lifts them higher and higher into the air, into the depths of the tree, which I guess I didn't realize that the castle that she lives in has a tree growing in it or is like built into a tree somehow that was yeah clear to me. the tree is kind of
1: at the heart of the whole candy kingdom really it's, okay. it's at the middle of the castle i think and we are certainly confronted with its existence for the first time although it's kind of been
0: sitting there as part of the scenery for the okay. entire series all right so Not noticed by me, but was there. But yeah, they basically go into this this heart tree, this giant tree. They are inside of it and floating upwards and upwards through the center of the trunk, up into a chamber at the very top. And all the while, PB is telling Finn and Jake that at the heart of this tree lies a great evil. It was encased there by the great hero, Billy. And when they arrive, they get to see what this evil is and it is evil it's a amber encased monster looking thing uh skeletal with horns and a cape and rotting and and pb reveals that this is bum 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 the lich yeah the lich is here
1: voiced by ron perlman
0: oh sure okay yeah you told me that the, the, to look for it and then i didn't even uh i didn't even make the connection but yeah
1: he doesn't total. say a lot of actual words yeah but it is ron perlman voicing the lich and i i should say that uh to me the lich looks like if the sorcerer tim from monty python and the holy grail died yeah. uh, he would eventually rot and look like the lich yes yeah um <laughs> that he doesn't make any references to rabbits with Sharp pointy teeth, but uh certainly more
0: menacing than than our friend Tim right exactly yeah, but his his uh his whole look is very pagan, classic pagan kind of like ram's horns and druid robes and a lot of stuff going on but but he is a rotting skeleton first and yeah foremost. he's basically a rotting evil wizard, I would say right, and I think we've talked about this before, but it's probably bears worth talking about again lich is a it's a pretty common term in the realm of fantasy and it has a specific meaning and they're using it in its sort of basic sense here a lich is essentially a very powerful wizard that through some means has basically converted themselves into pure magical energy usually for the purposes of remaining alive forever and generally liches go insane because of this like they lose their sort of their physical form and they become this raw magical energy and they lose any sense of like human desires all they really desire is more power and do
1: they do they necessarily turn evil
0: uh i think so i think it's sort of a side effect it's like a it's a madness side effect of of power and corruption. I think that generally, yeah, there are there are instances in different stories or different genres out there where, like, the lich can, like, remain anchored some way to their former life. And if they can do that, then they can kind of stay, like, semi-normal. But, like, for the most part, they're generally considered very evil. For example, in, like, the realm of Dungeons & Dragons, a lich is, like, a super powerful monster that you do not want to face until you are a very high level character.
1: All right. So basically your your humanity or the idy of whatever creature you happen to be leaves you when you become a lich and
0: so that pretty much takes away the good side of you. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe for the first maybe for the first uh lifetimes worth of time maybe you stay semi normal, but once you've once you've gone a few millennia uh or not millennia, a few hundred years maybe. Uh, I think you're pretty much just power-hungry energy at that point. Got it. So we don't know how old this Lich is, but in the world of Ooh, this is THE Lich. Right, it's THE Lich. There's one, or at least there's one with the name THE in front of it. He's not A Lich, he's THE Lich. And he is He's he's a scary-looking guy, and Finn and Jake recognize that immediately, and they actually even notice that they're hearing something that There's some sort of sound emanating from the Lich at this point and they ask PB what that is and she says well, he has telepathy powers, he has mental powers, he's trying to invade your mind and that's why we're wearing these gems. The force field that these gems create keep him out of your mind. So uh, as long as they're wearing them they will be safe from his control. It's sort of like an obviously
1: evil whispering sound and Mm -hmm. uh, PB explains that the lich is casting spells and evidently the tree filters them out from the world. But if you go into the chamber in the tree where the lich is, you have to be protected or else he will cast a spell on you and take over your mind.
0: Right. So fortunately for, uh, for our heroes, they are protected. And while they discuss what to do about the lich, an unforeseen, uh, character, an unforeseen actor enters the scene, uh, and a snail, And I'm not sure if we've seen this snail before in any real way, but as a snail kind of crawls out of Jake's back... Finn's backpack. I did it. That was my time for the day. Um, (laughs) Crawls out of Finn's backpack and is just sort of chilling. Yeah, so actually, Ben, uh, we got to
1: talk about the snail. Oh, okay. We do. Why do we have to talk about the snail? I don't remember the snail. So... I do remember the snail. I remember seeing him a handful of times. He's typically uh, sort of in the background of a scene, waving at the camera, and in my years of watching the show and having watched nearly 10 seasons now, I have noticed him in a handful of scenes. But just tonight, actually, as I was preparing to record, I went ahead and looked up the snail, and he appears in literally every single episode of the show ever. What? Starting with the very first episode and going through, from what I can tell, all of the episodes that have been created since. The snail at least makes a you know, very momentary appearance in every single episode. I knew that I had seen it, a, a, and we've assigned the male gender to the snail because that's a bad habit that I have. Um, But anyway, it uh, appears in every episode. I, I know that I have noticed it a handful of times, and then it got to where... For a minute, I was trying to notice it, but I still didn't. But I learned tonight that it is literally in every single episode. That is nuts. Does it have a name? Not that I know of. It it appears to just be the snail who's in every episode, but plays a key role in
0: this one. The snail who's in every episode. What What an honor. So, the snail plays a key role in this episode in that the snail was living inside of Finn's backpack for whatever reason crawls out at this moment and is the only being in the chamber not protected by the gem and Uh is immediately enslaved, mentally enslaved by the lich.
1: Yeah, this is clearly a very bad thing that has happened and neither Princess Bubblegum nor Finn or Jake notices it.
0: Yeah, I had this moment where I felt like... So the snail is is uh, is brainwashed at this point. His eyes go all green and evil. And he starts crawling slowly, because he's a snail, over to the amber where the lich is encased. And all the while, Finn and Jake and PB are sort of having a discussion about what to do in the background... And uh, I had this moment of wanting to have, like, a, over, like a, a voiceover, sort of like at the end of a, a cliffhanger cartoon. Like, will our heroes notice the snail? Like, <laughs> like, it was one of those sort of, like, uh-oh, here it comes, here it comes. Tune in next time on Adventure Time. And yeah, nothing good's going to come from this snail. And so the snail is crawling and crawling and crawling. PV's talking, talking, talking. And the snail just walks over to the amber and slams his head into the amber, like headbutt style, and is perhaps the toughest snail in the history of snails because he cracks the amber. Yeah, maybe it's just weak amber. Maybe, I suppose. But the snail cracks the amber, and then a black essence begins oozing out of the amber, and this lich slowly disappears from inside his prison. And, and PV notices this finally with some sort of exclamation, like what the what? And these, and then all of a sudden the lich is out and now there's a whole new problem because now the lich is free and Finn predictably goes into battle mode. He asks Jake to turn into a large sword so they can fight him
1: right which i think this is the first time they've used this technique and it is not effective and certainly not against the lich i don't think it'd be effective against anyone
0: yeah jake i don't know that he has the sense of like what a sword should look like I don't, or maybe he just can't make himself i mean he knows what a sword is so i'm not sure why he didn't do it but he does not turn himself into a very effective sword i would give him like he turned himself into a large club at best and they but they do slam it down onto the lich the lich basically just sort of evaporates around it, or or sort of just dissipates and and avoids the smack entirely, and and then exits out the side of his tree cavern. He he sort of doesn't burn a hole, but sort of like he's got this like he's he's got these this, this death essence around him. So like a a hole kind of dies around him as he escapes. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: he seems to just kind of trail a wake of death and destruction. Yeah. He sort of withers a hole. Right. So he kind of burrows through the tree and escapes into the world. And PB reveals that
0: he must be heading for his lair. Yeah, his well of power. So PB says, now there's only one thing that can stop him. And Finn and Jake, we need you to do it. And she opens up a cabinet with a lock and a key. and, And within, we get a magical item. Uh, the Gauntlet of Heroes, right? It's Billy's big old beef fingers, right? But it has a it has an official name, but yes, uh, the gauntlet, something like the Hero Gauntlet or something like that. Uh, Billy, right, but it's formerly
1: a, belonging to Billy,
0: Billy Billy's big old beef I, fingers. I,
1: yes, and I think that in this episode, Finn is stepping into his own in
0: assuming Billy's former role in Oo, S- assuming the mantle of the hero of Ooh. Yeah, for sure, he is now wearing. A uh, a relic, essentially a a holy relic of Oo. It's a magic gauntlet that he wears. It magically it's big on him, but it it magically resizes to him uh, as he puts it on, and so uh, it's still it's still like a big old beefy forearm for him, but it 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 fits him, and so he now armed with this magic gauntlet, PB sends him out into the world, but not before she gives him one other thing, which is a sweater. And she says, I've heard it's cold. This is sort of, it feels like a joke because it is. But she says, you know, the other thing I want to give you is this sweater that I knitted. I've heard it's cold in the Lich's lair and I knitted this and it's not that great, but here you go. And then she says, because I care about you. Yeah. And so
1: whether the sweater is knitted well or not it is, I think, pretty obviously right away kind of a powerful item. Right. Uh, I think that PB might say it's cold in the Lich's layer as sort of a pretext for giving Finn the sweater. Mm. Her affection for him read as completely genuine to me, and that may be the first time in the series where it's she's been unequivocally affectionate toward Finn, but she seems to imbue this sweater which she has created for him with her feelings of affection, and Finn knows it.
0: Yep. Yeah. So he puts it on and he says, "I, I I'll be happy to wear it." So he puts on this sort of lumpy pink sweater over his uh, his standard gear, and Finn and Jake set off. She tells them to follow the path of death, the death and destruction, and they are about to head out and follow, but then they're interrupted. They are interrupted. Oh man! They are interrupted by a favorite of our show,
1: uh, the Ice King. Who has officially transitioned away from villain and more into
0: sort of tragic slash comedic character. Right. He is. And I think in the presence, I think in the. Uh, with the emergence of the Lich, there is a clear hierarchy of evil that has been established here. Yes. You mentioned at the beginning that the stakes have been raised. I think this is pretty classic. Um,. From what we know about the the origins of this show and and the inspiration, I guess is a better word, the inspiration for the show, which comes from a lot of like fantasy tropes and role playing games and things like that, is definitely yeah.
1: I actually I think the creators, uh, I think that maybe I've read since we've talked about it, the fact that the creators have publicly said that it was very much inspired by created out of D
0: anD. d Right, I think I've seen the same thing that the basically mo- most of the episodes are just like stories and adventures that they would want to play with their buddies on d and like on D night or something
1: and so as the as a as
0: a dungeon master yourself I, yeah i think that you're about to say that this basically is leveling up this is exactly what's happening they've leveled up finn and jake everything to this point it actually makes more sense for me to think about it this way now and i hadn't thought of it before i mean in we've talked about how some episodes have felt like side quests or other things like that, but we've also talked about how there hasn't been like a real story arc to right. to much of the episodes to this point, and and that actually does feel like what like early stages of a D and D campaign feel like. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's basically a lot of just hey let's go out with our characters and do do good deeds maybe maybe we'll crawl some dungeons maybe we'll get some loot maybe we'll fight some monsters it's sort of all in the name of just gaining experience and there's no real like overarching point to it other than mm-hmm. other than that like we're adventuring essentially but then you get to a certain point in your, where it's pretty traditional for a dm to then say okay you guys are now you guys and gals are now at level Whatever, five, six, seven, whatever they've decided. Now it's time for a a true story campaign, like a, an epic, an epic campaign. Where... Yeah,
1: so not to get sidetracked yeah, yeah. too much with the uh, nitty-gritty of D&D, but do players increase levels just solely at the DM's discretion? Yes and no, I guess. Okay, because <laughs> I'm thinking of the like the role-playing video games that I play where you, you earn XP by doing things. Yeah, that's And how... I don't know if there's a similarly systematic way of tracking the player's level in D&D.
0: Yeah, there is. Um, and there is a built-in system for doling out XP and experience points for those who haven't played there is a way of doing that and there's a pretty standard like rule system for that that uh, okay that most people do follow but because D is basically a pure imagination game there's always room for the dungeon master or the table of, of the table of players to decide that like hey we want to we want to do it a different way so sometimes they sometimes people will level up just based on like milestones reached so like oh you You've now killed this kind of a monster, so you leveled up. Or now, got it? You, so it's like a it's totally open for interpretation. But yes, XP is the standard currency of Dungeons and Dragons, just like most of the role playing games or the fantasy games you've played in uh, like in a, in a video game setting.
1: All right. Well, thank you for humoring me. This has been our probably one time segment. I am going to call it D anD D detritus. And now we're back uh, in the world of Ooh, where Finn and Jake have been interrupted
0: in their quest to capture the lich. They are about to leave the castle with their new weapons. But then the shutters open and the Ice King is there and is just like, hey guys. And, yeah. and he says he jumps right into something. He jumps right into asking, he said, I've thought about this a lot. And it's so bizarre. It's so sorry, <laughs> But he just jumps right in. I've thought about this a lot. And Finn and Jake, would you give me your blessing to ask for Princess Bubblegum's hand in marriage? And yeah. I just love the, like, I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> it's like, right. It's like, there has been no indication that there should be a romance in, in budding between the Ice King It's and Princess Bubblegum. It's all in his head. It's just like, he's been obsessing is essentially what he's saying and he's decided that he's decided that the honorable thing to do will be to ask Finn and Jake to ask for his to to ask for PB's hand in marriage as and in his head you can tell that it is a foregone conclusion that they will say yes
1: yeah and i i think less so than trying to be honorable he actually says at one point that if you Finn and Jake bless our marriage then maybe she'll actually love me <laughs> true so i think ice king it, what really becomes just crystal clear about Ice King in this episode, I think, we've seen it throughout his appearances in the show so far, is that far more than being evil, he's just extremely self-centered and selfish. And narcissistic, And acts only really on his impulses that he thinks are going to give him immediate gratification. So when he says, I've thought about this a lot, he probably was like laying around his bachelor pad and had a brief thought about it, but he's so consumed with himself that he makes a huge decision based on it and rushes off to ask for Finn and Jake's permission to marry Princess Bubblegum.
0: And predictably, Finn and Jake basically respond with like, what are you talking about? Get out of our way. We've got something more important to deal with. And they basically rush past him.
1: Yeah, they don't take the time to point out the sort of anti-feminist nature of Ice King's approach. But they uh, they, are, they are suitably, I would say, opposed to the idea and really nonplussed by it.
0: Yeah, I mean they just disappear and then he is left with Princess Bubblegum and I think he pursues it. I think he push presses the issue at this point and That's right. and does he actually ask for her hand in marriage like oh like that stinks that they didn't say it or he just does he just start talking Basically he just keeps talking more and more and Princess Bubblegum exits out of that scenario by just closing the shutters on his face. and and latching it. And you can hear him behind the shutter, the closed shutter saying, not the latch, not the latch, not the latch. Oh, yeah. So now he is effectively locked out. Right. So he's locked out. So now we transition back to Finn and Jake who are off on, hot on the trail of the Lich. They are following a giant swath. It's just cut through the landscape. Just a uh, a swath of death, basically just uh, that this thing is leaving in its wake. And they are following it and following and following it. And then all of a sudden, again, the Ice King shows up, just trailing them. He's flying behind them and is just badgering them with this incessant question. Come on, man. Just, just give me your blessing. I don't, see, I don't see why you won't. And it's making Finn and Jake angrier and angrier. They're kind of trying to shoo him away. They're like throwing rocks at him. Finn is becoming irate that
1: yeah I, I mean they just don't they don't have time for this right now right. the the stakes have been raised uh, as jake puts it as they're running after the lich he says something to the effect of this is our first fate of the world deal so right. they realize i think that the the stakes have been raised they don't have time for a possibly mildly evil but really just annoying character like ice king they are literally trying to save the world so his you know princess kidnapping is just it's just getting in the way at this
0: point. Yeah, I think this was almost, that that line was almost an acknowledgement of the like a self aware acknowledgement of like we've leveled up. Like it's it, right. It was, it was very much a nod to that. But they can't shake him. They can't shake the Ice King. He is incessant in his badgering. He eventually traps them in a uh, sort of ice, not really a castle, more of an ice sort of a big igloo. Right. He just yeah. He throws up some ice walls around him and traps them and. Then basically corners them and just says, Come on, like, what's the big deal? And Finn loses it. He's beside himself. He's he, he can't even really bring himself to explain everything that's going on, but you know, he's he's faced with this world-ending monster that is out there on the loose that he's trying to chase, and he keeps being stopped by this just inane questioning. And so he he looks at this new weapon he's got, this gauntlet of power and kind of loses it he tr- he doesn't know how to turn it on but finally he just sort of like punches it he like hits it and all of a sudden like this power beam just starts blasting out of it and he it's too strong for him he can't really even yeah control he has it. little
1: to no control over yeah, it. yeah
0: it's it's like it's like a it's like a just firing everywhere um he's blasting holes but it is power it's clearly more powerful than the ice king uh, because it's blasting holes in the ice that the the Ice King made in the ice walls, and the Ice King ducks. No one can. Everyone's getting out of the way. And then Finn, he doesn't know how to turn it off, so he punches it again. Right there's like an eye on the back of the glove that he punches, and the eye kind of looks sad and then closes. Yeah,
1: it was closed the first time he punched it, but then when he punches it when it's open, the eye does look uh,
0: like very hurt, yeah. very hurt, but more emotionally hurt than physically. Right. But then the eye does close and the and the the beam disappears, and Finn and Jake escape out of one of the holes that they've made. They continue their pursuit. To continue their pursuit, the Ice Cake stands up and kind of dusts himself off and still doesn't get it. Still is like, I don't know why. Basically, just like I don't know why you're being such a weirdo about this. He kind of gets a dark look in his eye and says, "Well, if you're not if you're not going to bless us, then you forced me to do the badness." Yes, which is just the the rationalization that goes on in that guy's mind is is uh, the mental gymnastics that he 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 achieves is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, nothing's ever his fault, uh, and he never does anything wrong. Um... Boy, I'm drawing political connections again with a uh, certain person who's in charge of the free world right now. But Ice King uh, can't acknowledge that, in fact, it's his problem that he's obsessed with Princess Bubblegum and she does not have any interest in him. So he decides to blame Finn and Jake for not blessing their marriage. So he's going to go do something that he acknowledges is bad, uh, but he takes off to go uh, to kidnap I guess Princess
0: Knapp, it may, may have been where I was going with those words. You bet. He's going to Princess Nap PB. So he heads off to do his kidnapping, and Finn and Jake continue their pursuit. The Ice King makes it back to the castle. He penetrates the impossibly difficult shutter latch by using the old slide-a-credit-card-through-the-middle-and-pop-it-open through, the, through the middle and pop it open trick. Yeah, if you look closely, it's, it's, it says wizard on it, so it's either
1: like a fancy wizard credit card or a member, membership card in a wizard club. <laughs>
0: nice. Uh, but he pops open the window, PB's still there, and he, he gives some sort of rationalization or something like, you know, I'm sorry, but Finn and Jake have driven me to do this, but now you're going to have to come with me. And so he, puts, he, he creates some ice shackles around PB's uh, wrists and feet, and flies away with her. But he doesn't fly to his pa- palace, which we'll find out in a moment. He We come back to Finn and Jake, who have tracked the sh- the lich to a lake. And- Iceberg Lake, Ice- which appears to be where the businessman
1: came from. I think that their gauntlet dock is in the first shot of Iceberg Lake, so that makes sense that there are icebergs floating around on the so-named lake, and uh, when you thaw them, you get either businessmen or baby shoes. And
0: given to given where the other side of the lake is, um, the fact that they are businessmen also doesn't make a doesn't uh, it also makes a ton of sense to me now.
1: Yeah. So they they blast their way across the lake. Jake uh, forms himself into a dinghy dog, and Finn uh, is able to apologize to the gauntlet and coax it into providing sort of a propeller action, and they are blasting across the lake in heated pursuit of the lich right as he is headed toward what we know as his well of power his lair right the place where we can't let him get or else he will go about his work of destroying all life on earth
0: yeah and this is something i know and maybe others do too one of the core elements of the lich character in general not i don't know if that's this lich i haven't watched more than two episodes with this lich, but um generally the lich a lich cannot be destroyed. It can't be killed unless you also kill. There's usually some sort of, um, uh, what's the word? Some, some like a totem, like a, a horcrux. To- yeah, it's a horcrux. That's like that's the that's the modern slang for it. I think in it, classic fantasy, it's called like a phylactery or something like that. But it, oh, that's it, fancy. Yeah, but it is essentially like some physical item that is that, that their essence is bound to. And even if you kill the Lich's form, as long as it can return, sort of vampire style, as long as it can return to its lair, or return to this totem, this horcrux thing, it can regain its power and come back. So the only way to truly kill a Lich is to also destroy the totem. Ah, uh, got it. So, and I don't... that seems to be something similar is going on with our Lich. Right. So it is returning to its well of power, this sort of similar kind of concept to re-energize itself. But it's making its way across this Iceberg Lake. Finn and Jake are closing on it. They almost get a shot off with the, with the gauntlet of power, but they can't. He has to pull yeah. up short because then we get the Ice King back. The Ice King moves right into the shot, right into the path of the beam, holding Princess Bubblegum prisoner and finn and jake have to do an abrupt change to avoid essentially killing them and they and they miss their chance they miss their opportunity to kill the lich
1: yeah so the the lich is fleeing and finn ends up shooting the lake itself and blasting himself and jake many feet into the air right he soaks the ice king and princess bubblegum ice king complains (laughs) about the water And uh, then Finn, of course, is even more angry with Ice King for having ruined what may have been his one chance to actually destroy the Lich before the Lich reached its or his well
0: of power. Right. And Princess Bubblegum says, you know, oh, you've got to keep moving before he reaches his well of power and kind of gets cut off. And then all of a sudden we see on the horizon a multitude of evil spirits start to start swirling around the horizon and it's clear that Yeah, what did you uh what did you think that that uh that cloud of spirits was shaped like?
1: Oh, I didn't notice. I didn't. It, it's I, it, it looks a little bit like a mushroom cloud. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we we see these evil spirits emerging from the place where the lich has gone underground and so everybody, all four of them now are heading after the lich and they reach the entry to his Layer where his well of power is, and I'm dying to get your thoughts on
0: the exterior of the Lich's lair. So the Lich's the Lich's lair is a New York subway entrance. Like it is a it is a completely recognizable element of our world. Yes, and there is no mistaking it. It is not a subway entrance. It is a New York subway entrance. And I think that's exactly right. Yeah, and so. That means a lot of things. I mean, it is the lore, the world building that was sort of alluded to in our previous episodes that we watched has been confirmed even further that, ooh, is a post-apocalyptic earth or a post-cataclysmic earth in some... Unless
1: Finn has just grown up in New York City his whole life and subway entries are really the only way that he knows to get underground.
0: No, no, no. Or exactly that. I mean, like the metaverse is not broken, people. It is. Right. It is intact. This could clearly. This can still be Finn living in modern day Earth and imagining a whole world unto itself. So that is that is clearly possible. And I, I don't think that I don't think that this new information negates the metaverse in any real way yet. No, I don't think so. But it is a very very clear artifact from our world. Right. Which also then I begin to think. So the land, like the Candy Kingdom, I mean, they they crossed a lake, essentially, to get here. Yeah, the geography gets pretty confusing. Okay, because I mean, like, that could imply, like, so if they're on Manhattan Island right now, where the Lich is. Does that imply that where they've been hanging out, where their treehouse is, that kind of thing, is that just like greater New York or Connecticut or something like that? I'm sure there's a New Jersey joke in there somewhere uh for sure yeah but the back to the lich he has he has gone down into this subway uh entrance and finn and jake go barreling after him the uh, ice king is hesitant isn't isn't super isn't uh isn't going to follow in he's not he's not a hero so he's not going to be charging into the unknown in any any time soon here he actually even has sort of like a little debate with himself outside or sort of like a a one-sided conversation with PB where he's talking about going down to this hole. He's like, I don't think I want to go into that hole. That hole looks scary. So I think we're going to hang out here. And so then we just go, we see Finn and Jake down and going down into the hole. They get down into the, into the subway level and the floor is littered with skeletons, similar to what the similar to the skeletons we saw when they went into the, the kingdom of death. Yes. The skeletons have all start to come alive. This, uh, somehow, the presence of the lich has, with spells or necromancy or whatever, has has awakened these skeletons.
1: Yeah, it is. They are definitely uh, reanimated as a direct result of proximity to the lich, and they attack Finn and Jake. But Finn and Jake don't really have too many problems with them.
0: No, especially with this new power weapon that Finn and Finn's sporting, um, they're able to blast through the skeletons pretty easily. Um, but again, he he loses a bit of control with the power weapon, the the power gauntlet, he ends up blasting, blasting a hole in the floor while also fighting the skeletons. And, uh, they end up kind of falling through that and fall, they fall through to a, a sub level to this, uh, subway system. So either, either a second level down in the subway system or perhaps sort of like Ghostbusters style, like the, the remains of like an even older subway system beneath (laughs) the uh, existing subway.
1: There's even sort of a uh, foreboding slime down in this one.
0: Yeah. So they get down there and there is a pool of bubbling slime that they see, and the Lich is at the edge of this thing, sort of slurping it up and, and sort of entwining his essence with it. And Finn and Jake attack once they see the Lich, but it appears it is too late. It appears that the Lich has regained its power, because when Finn comes at him with the gauntlet, the, the the glitch just catches him midair and crushes and shatters the gauntlet.
1: Yeah, the gauntlet just explodes into a million pieces. Finn's hand is left a little singed and the lich uh I think first he shushes Finn. Right. And then he crushes Finn's gauntlet and throws him back to the other side of the well. Right. So then Jake decides that the, the Lich has hurt Finn, and so he's going to—I uh, think he says, I'm going to bark him. Yeah. Uh, but that also is ineffective. And so what ends up happening is that Jake is thrown backwards while Finn is astride him, and Finn does sort of a faceplant into the ground, and his jewel breaks.
0: This being the jewel that has been protecting his mind from the Lich's influence. Right. And the Lich takes advantage of this moment immediately, and we get a a bit of a mental battle between the Lich and, and Finn. Finn sort of enters this nether space, sort of just like a, we're basically looking like, it, it's basically sort of like the, I suppose it's meant to be the vast expanse of his inner mind. The Lich is there coaxing Finn and saying... It's cold, Finn. You're so cold. Why don't you step into the pool, the, the pool of slime? It's warm here. And Finn is battling. Finn is resisting. He's not He's not immediately enslaved, but the the Lich is clearly powerful, and we have a very dramatic and tense moment where the Lich is trying to take over Finn's mind and with this sort of repeated, uh, you're very cold kind of mantra and it it's about to work it's about to work but then Finn uh shakes it and shouts I'm not cold I'm wearing a sweater
1: and I think that this honestly is Finn's most powerful moment that we have seen yet in the series I'm not sure that anyone else in the world of Oo could have
0: resisted the Lich's spell yeah I think you're right I think this is a this is Finn's singular focus on justice and good is like this is the first time that it's actually helped him in a sense like usually that singular focus doesn't help him in the world because the world is generally not as black and white as he wants it to be but yeah it, that's yeah that's that's a really good point so he's finally confronting like this existential evil right and in that moment his particular skill set wins the day and we see it the lich gets angry the lich try to f- fire some sort of like fireball at him and it just passes around him it actually is it passes around him and Finn, real Finn realizes it he sees what happens and he says oh my gosh the sweater the sweater protected me it, it we referred to a horcrux earlier i mean i it was a very much a sort of another harry potter moment here where he realizes that like the power of love he doesn't say love. Well, we can get to that. Um, yeah. But he's basically like the power of love protected him. Similar how like the power of love protected Harry Potter as a baby in those stories. Yeah. The sweater is
1: clearly imbued with mm-hmm. PB's love for Finn. Right. And that is, it played a large role in protecting him from the Lich. And in fact, Finn goes
0: on to attack the Lich with the sweater. Right. But I think we should mention that the way Finn is still Finn and he is uh the the way he articulates the sweater's power yeah uh is that he says uh, i'll probably ruin it but it's essentially like he says it has the power of like liking somebody (laughs) like sort of that that playground phrase of like do you like like me oh yes i like like you so we'll be we'll be boyfriend and girlfriend now
1: yeah, he may say something like it's it's got the power of the
0: l- liking someone a lot. So yeah, he clearly can't say that other L word. Right, like is the word he can get himself to say. And so but he sees its power. He realizes its power and so he realizes it's the true weapon. The gauntlet was uh in a sense nothing compared to this. And so he rushes the lich armed only with the sweater and his and his own sense of bravery and fearlessness and he jumps the lich the lich tries to fend him off but then uh Finn grabs hold um he, he sort of gets him in a chokehold basically with with the sweater using the sweater as like a as a choke point
1: uh, No, he does something much cooler because oh.
0: the lich is a skeleton he's able to thread
1: it in one eye socket and out the other uh, yeah, and you're... so he's he's yanking it and basically pulling on the I don't know the bridge of the of the lich's nose of his
0: skull. Right. Okay. Yes, that is much cooler. Um, and so he he's pulling on it and the lich is fighting and then the lich is laughing and you think maybe well the lich doesn't even like maybe maybe Finn's wrong, like the the, the lich doesn't even care. But then uh, in a moment of strength Finn just wrenches the sweat squ- sweater through and shatters the shatters the lich, shatters the lich's skull and and the lich's essence disappears
1: and and for all uh for all we can tell has been vanquished
0: yeah and Finn, by this time PB and the Ice King have have come down into the hole and they see this all happen um, Yeah. and, and my and, and uh as as PB watches Finn destroy the lich she says something like Finn you did it and Ice King goes we did? Yeah. And I don't want to skip over maybe my favorite epi- favorite line of the whole episode. Because previously the Ice King was not down in this hole. And we, we talked about how he was sort of having this internal debate about, like, yeah. should he go down? And finally he does decide to go in. And the line he goes, it says, uh, he goes, well, a hole's a hole. And holes are holes. Holes are holes. And he just dives in. Holes are holes is uh, is a fantastic line.
1: Yeah, it's so bizarre. Like, where on earth did that rationalization come from? It's like, he doesn't want to go in the hole, but then the rationalization that he uses to make it okay to go in the hole implies that he just goes in holes all the time. Just like any
0: other hole. Holes are holes. So anyway, it gets them down there, and they they do witness this moment of heroic strength. And everyone is happy, and the Ice King... Now, I can't remember what his rationalization is because he at this point he releases he he unfreezes the shackles around PB and i can't remember why does he just out of like does he just sort of out of like joy do it i can't remember yeah why. i
1: think that he just sort of realizes that she's she's not going to marry him i think he just sort of at least for now gives up on the whole kidnap and marry the princess thing
0: yeah so in this moment of triumph the ice king says okay princess bubblegum you're free to go and he releases the shackles and drops the princess straight into the bubbling ooze. And he says, whoops, I've got the dropsies. And the episode ends. The episode ends on a shot of like the horrified expressions of Finn and Jake. And so this is why they did
1: not air these episodes together is because they wanted people to wait a week to see how the cliffhanger would resolve itself. And that's why we had heat signature at the end of the season.
0: Right. And I mean, we should keep going because I know we've got a lot of talk about here. But the um, the drama of this I mean, the the intensity of this episode is something that has not been present yet to this point in the series.
1: I 100% agree. Uh, I just keep coming back to the stakes are raised. Like, the, the evil is more evil. It's now an existential threat. The emotional stakes are raised. Like, PB has acknowledged that she has some kind of affection for Finn. Finn clearly has affection for her, and he's using their mutual affection as fuel for his heroic escapades. So... Uh, it, it just feels like every epi- every every part of the series now has just become much more meaningful the interactions between the characters and the threat posed by the the antagonist is bigger i don't know i i came away from these two episodes and this one in particular that's all build up just like yeah like i i know that i've said it probably a few times but like this is like okay everything that i've been saying like adventure time is here
0: Okay. All right. So that's good to know because I, I mean, this is, this is a different show now. Like it, it changed. I mean, and I, I'm, I'm not going to hold them to like having this level of drama in every single episode. Cause I know it's still a goofball kind of comedy, but the show changed in these last four episodes. Essentially the world got way bigger and more interesting and the drama got ratcheted up and the stakes like, yes, the stakes have been raised. That'll be the title of this episode for us. The stakes have been raised. Yeah, it's no longer
1: just a series
0: of cartoon
1: shorts where a boy and his magic dog, you know, have escapades. All of a sudden, you know, I think that over the course of two seasons, naturally we've become somewhat invested in this world and these characters. But now it's like, okay, I I give a damn and I need to see what's going to happen. So let's see what happens.
0: Let's move on yeah, to the next so episode. Yeah, so we move
1: on to... Episode 25, which is called Mortal Recoil.
0: Yeah. So this episode, we've taken a lot of time. I don't want to like... There's there's a lot to talk about, but let's see if we can... Broad strokes it as much as we can, because I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about on the... About implications here. But the, yes, um, this episode is a continuation, a direct continuation of the previous episode. We come back to the action... In a hospital with uh, a gurney being rushed through the hospital inside the Candy Kingdom. Perhaps every member of the Candy Kingdom is there.
1: Yeah, they don't have very uh, strict
0: rules about who gets to head into the important parts of the hospital. Who gets to go to the OR uh, here. But the the body of Princess Bubblegum is is lying on the gurney. Body is a generous term. Basically, she's a puddle of goo. It, she is more bubblegummy than we've seen her she looks like a piece of melted gum. And, yes, exactly. And so um, she's being rushed to the OR to be operated on by Doctor Ice Cream Cone. Do- yes, assisted by Nurse Pound Cake. Nurse Pound Cake is a great name. Doctor Ice Cream Cone and Nurse Pound Cake are rushing them to the rushing her to the ER to perform emergency surgery, or to the OR that is. And the they get in there and and all the while they're sort of asked they're shouting you know Fin's there and they're kind of it's like a uh hall is a hospital hallway scene where everyone's shouting about like what's going on and like is she going to be okay and they no one knows it's touch and go they get her to the OR um the surgical procedure is pretty funny it's essentially just like pouring sugar on it on her pour some sugar on PB i will digress for a moment my 5 year old son recently heard on the radio the song pour some sugar on me <laughs> and uh you didn't have to have the talk already, did you? No, but at the end of it, uh, he sat there listening to it. I mean, it wasn't like I played it. It literally just came on the radio. I'm not just playing 80s hair metal for <laughs> for him all the time, although maybe sometime I will. Um, but he, at the end of it, he, he was talking to my wife, actually, and said, uh, what was that song? And, <laughs> and she said... Uh, Said, well, the title was of that song was Pour Some Sugar on Me, and it's by a band called Def Leppard. And he just, his only reaction was, okay. <laughs> that's what he literally said. And that, that slays me. Just, okay. That's, yeah, it's like, that, mom and dad, y'all crazy. That's a load of crazy that you just fed me. So people listen to that, huh? That was a popular song. <laughs> It was just an indictment of an entire genre, an entire era in American mu- American musical history. Um, Smart kid. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but that's what's happening to Princess Bubblegum. Sugar is being poured on, poured on her in precise amounts. The, the doctor seems to know what she's doing. And it works. Her body reconstitutes, I guess, is probably the best way of saying that. Um, sure. She looks like herself again, although a little pallid pallid and weak she does wake up and begins speaking in a very monotone voice kind of just saying yes i need to rest Finn and everyone's relieved except ice king right. who's
1: been there uh just obsessing over whether she's going to be ugly when she uh <laughs> right wakes up he yeah so evidently he's still considering her his Current or future wife. He says something like, "My wife is she is she ugly now?" Because right. that's all Ice King could think about is himself, which eventually causes Finn to what? Just
0: throw him through the wall. Th- uh, he throws a sword at him. Um, he, Finn is enraged, uh, rightly so, enraged at the Ice King because it is his fault that PB is even in this in this state, and the fact that Ice King is clearly not concerned with PB's welfare; he's only concerned with his his own welfare or the welfare of the appearance of his hypothetical wife. And Finn just says, fine, like shut up. And, and I, everyone says, Oh, I'm glad the the princess is okay. And ice King starts to say something at this point, which says like, are you sure? Because when I was, when she went in the ooze and I saw, and Finn interrupts, Finn just says, stop talking. You've ta- you've said too much. You have been, Nothing but trouble, essentially. This is all your fault. Get out of here. And I think at this point the Ice King kind of does like a okay, I can take a hint kind of yeah, comment. that sounds right. And so he just says fine. And he kind of has a speech, and, and then Finn just screams again like get out of here. And, and the Ice King just goes peace, and that's right. And then like blows a window open with his ice powers and flies away.
1: Princess Bubblegum reacts to that by saying, "The ice, the the ice wizard
0: is a weak fool." Right. Which I think Jake notices, but no one ever. No one really pays it any mind. They're just like, she needs to rest, basically. Right. And so they take her back to her castle. And then over the course of the rest of 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 the main part of this episode, Finn and Jake are taking care of PB in her bed, but PB becomes increasingly not herself, and there's clearly something happening to her that... Yeah, Finn and Jake have never dug up a copy of The Exorcist. Right, because that's a lot of what she's doing, like making a bed, bounce around, and really Finn is pretty oblivious to it. He is chalking it all up to she's been through a lot, basically, and just... Yeah, and he's very just focused on... Doing what she needs to get better, right? And it's maybe a little bit of denial, but from all all you can, from basically he just he doesn't seem to notice any oddities other than he he notices that she's being odd, but he just doesn't want to admit that there could be a problem. He is operating under the assumption that he has saved the princess and. And She's just going to get better. She's just going to get better. She just needs time. Jake is less convinced. Jake is worried, more and more worried. And when Finn finally goes out on an errand for the princess, Jake's fears are pretty much confirmed when the princess lights her own room on fire using nothing but her mind.
1: Yeah, after touching the flowers that Finn and Jake have, have uh picked for her and causing the entire room full of flowers to die. Yeah. Jake witnesses a lot of very frightening things that the princess does. She speaks in tongues, uh mm-hmm. her body gets all, you know, twisted and contorted uh like a like a possessed little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, her bed bounces and then eventually the <laughs> the
0: room goes up in flames and that's when Jake flips out and runs out of the room. Right. Finn's coming back from her his errand run. And his his errand run is he's holding things like bleach, uh a flamethrower, uh poison, plutonium. So <laughs> Jake says, What you know, what what were
1: you doing? And I was getting her this stuff, what did you get? He says, bleach, lighter fluid, ammonia, gasoline, I don't know, lady stuff. And right. he looks back at the pile and goes, Plutonium. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Uh Jake is like, This is not normal, but Finn is Still in denial. It's just lady stuff to Finn. Yeah. Uh, Jake then says, "The room just went went up in flames." Finn is worried. Like, is she okay? And Jake's like, "Yeah, she's fine. She created the fire." And then then it starts to dawn on Finn a little bit because then she's he's like with a match or something like that. <laughs> and he, and Finn Jake's just like, "No, with her mind, I think." And so they head inside cautiously at this point. The room is empty. Finn wants it to be true. I think that the princess is fine, so he's still acting like ah, she's fine. She's just in the bathroom. So they walk to the bathroom, knock on the door. Finn asks, "Like, are you in there?" And this voice, this demonic voice, this Ron Perlman voice, <laughs> kind of comes yeah. up uh, and says, "Like, I'm, like I, I need time or something like yeah. It. Leave me alone. Go away. Leave me alone. Go away." And Finn's like, see, she's just fine. She just needs this private time. <laughs> and Jake goes like, I got to see this and looks through a peephole. It is Finn is aghast because in my, Finn's mind, Jake is peeping on the princess going to the restroom. And yeah, he's
1: just horrified by the impropriety.
0: Yeah, he even says like, that's super pervy. But then Jake sees something horrific and then forces Finn to look, has to pull his head and like physically force him to look through the keyhole of the door and what they see is is truly horrific the princess is not the princess the princess is a 20 foot tall black oozy monster yes she has grown
1: she has turned black and she is mixing the things that finn has brought her in the
0: bathtub and occasionally sipping from it right so then that triggers finn into action they bust through the door. The, the PB monster chugs the remainder of what's in the bathtub and grows exponentially to the point where she is breaking through the roof of the Candy, ca- the candy Castle, and she then bursts through the c- castle walls and out into the Candy Kingdom. The entire, the entire Candy Kingdom is terrified, running for their lives. The Gumball Guardian identifies her as an evil presence yeah the gumball guardian is 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 awoken and the gumball guardian begins fighting this monster that the princess has become and but the gumball guardian is no match for her no the gumball guardian is no match but finn at this point knows that that the that the princess must be stopped the ice king shows back up at this point and again, Finn's like, "What are you even doing here?" And and he again said, his rationale is like, "Oh, I've got to keep checking in on, on my future wife, basically, to make right. sure that she's not turning into an Ugo." So Finn is again disgusted, essentially, with him. And they they go Finn and Jake go charging off to try to fight the the monster. Jake starts saying, "You know, like we we might need the Ice King's help at this point." He's got ice powers, at least, which might come in handy. They, at least he could freeze the princess and buy to some time. And Finn won't hear it because the Ice King is is not worthy in his mind. That's not a collabo he's interested in making. Yeah, there's not a worthy partner. So they go at it alone. Um, I think Finn tries to attack with the sweater. Is that what happens? Yeah,
1: Finn, either before or after, Ice King sort of reveals his secret. Finn still believing that the sweater kind of is the source of ultimate power is going to attack the princess with it but it is totally ineffective he gets swatted away quickly and winds yeah. up uh, next to ice king again beaten and bruised and upside down
0: yeah and we, we skipped one the one piece of information the ice king does reveal at this point um, right. is that you know they basically said like the princess is turned into this huge monster and, and the ice king kind of goes like oh probably because she's possessed by the lich and and they're like, this is news to Finn and Jake. And he says, no, I I saw it happen with my wizard eyes. Uh, in in the moment when you killed the lich and PB fell into the ooze, I saw the spirit of the lich go into her body. And only I, with my wizard eyes, can see that kind of thing. And and then he goes, but it's, and then they they're like, why didn't you tell us that before? And he's like, well, I couldn't tell if it was real. A lot of the things I see with my wizard eyes are just nonsense. Yeah, it's like when well,
1: you got stinky old wizard eyes, sometimes you see things that aren't real.
0: <laughs> right. And then you get we get a glimpse of what his vision looks like all the time and it is it is 60% gibberish cartoon figures sort of bouncing around the world.
1: Yeah, sort of psychedelic monster figures.
0: Yeah. Uh, unclear if they are real or not. So basically we learn that the the lich is, or sorry that the Ice King is is basically looking at the world through insane eyes all the time. Yeah, not only is he a narcissist, but he appears to have visual hallucinations as well. Near constant ones. But now we know what's going on. We know that the princess is being possessed uh, by the lich, which is bad. And Finn has been rebuffed once. His, his attack has been has thwarted, been thwarted once. And at this point, Finn kind of has to acknowledge and accept that he may need some help. So he just says, Ice King, can you help me?
1: Yeah, the sweater was not effective. And so Finn realizes, I think, that he himself is no match for this new version of the princess, the, the, the possessed version of the princess that has grown to enormous size. And he says, you know what, Ice King? I need your help. I need you to freeze the princess.
0: And Ice King is all too happy to. I think he's happy to just be part of the team. Yes, Also, I'm sure that he's thrilled
1: to have Finn asking him for
0: help. Right. So he jumps at the chance and they fly off together. Jake is currently battling the princess monster and is losing, but is giving them a little bit of time. So the plan is for Finn to distract the princess monster and Ice King to freeze her from below. And so the Ice King sort of fastball specials Finn into the monster's face Finn does a move where he kind of swings around, grabs the monster's long pink hair, and pulls it up over its eyes. And then the Ice King slowly but uh, surely freezes the monster from the feet up and encases the whole, uh, encases the princess entirely in ice. And everyone can exhale for a moment. For a moment. Then, while they're kind of taking a breath and about to decide what to do next, something unexpected and a bit horrific happens. The ice. Block the ice, uh, frozen the frozen body of the ice mo- of the monster rocks backwards a bit and falls and shatters. And the body of the princess is in pieces. And uh, the ice king, uh, delivers a line like, Hey, I didn't kill her that time. Yeah, y'all, y'all saw, saw that, that right? <laughs> y'all saw that, right? <laughs> uh, that was a total freak accident. So, once again we jump back to the hospital where the princess is near death and the uh, the doctor must save them again. And the doctor is in the OR trying to piece the princess back together like a puzzle, basically. Yeah, and they they
1: just have sort of lumps of gum that they're fitting together to reconstitute the princess. So my right. theory here is that uh, when she shattered, they were able to recover what sort of uncorrupted bubblegum they could find. Yeah. Uh, and that, I think, is how they, they cured her, or evidently, anyway, cured her of the possession.
0: Right. So they, the doctor's asking for more and more bubblegum, but at some point, the nurse says, there's no more. And the, and the doctor says, that can't be, but it is. And then we have a moment outside the OR. Everyone's waiting to hear word. Finn is beside himself worried. Nurse Poundcake comes out. And they and Finn shouts, like, "Is the princess okay?" and she, they say she gets he gets kind of like a yes and no kind yeah. of answer like there were some complications. Finn reacts dramatically with like a no kind of reaction, and the doctor comes out explaining there wasn't enough bubble gum to bring her back fully, and apparently this is how her life cycle works, but because there was less gum. She's now younger. And
1: she just
0: happens to be... 13 years old. Finn's exact age. Which he even says out loud. Yeah, that's how old I am. Stakes raised. Yeah, the princess walks forward. She is a younger 13-year-old version of herself. And says something to the effect of, like, my brave hero, and runs over and hugs Finn in a very romantic embrace and Finn blushes like crazy and that's the end of the episode there is one little thing that we see after their oh, loving yes. embrace the yes because the because our snail friend has to be in every episode <laughs> we see a quick zoom past the crowd and in the very back of the crowd of candy onlookers is our snail friend possessed. Yeah, still obviously possessed. So the lich lives probably in the uh body of the snail at this point.
1: And that's the season.
0: That is the cliffhanger that we end well the yeah, the the moment we end the the season on. Yeah, man. Stakes raised, right? Like yeah.
1: It's uh it's I mean that moment when when Finn goes that's that's how old I am and then you know the the affection that she had been showing him earlier which read as genuine is now so much more it's you know she's she's not i don't you know she's in no way sort of this big sister figure to Finn she's the exact same age that he is 13 years old uh certainly old enough to be having feelings for someone and we see the two of them in a very very affectionate embrace at the end of this episode and I mean, holy cow, right? like this is the whole everything that's been hinted at for two seasons is now being shoved right into our face and into finn's face
0: yeah the the world's a different place going forward man it's uh it's 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 great it was it was fantastic. it was everything you sold the show to be at the beginning it's you're right, it's happening now, good. Yeah, I mean the, these
1: two episodes. Honestly, the the first time that I watched them through recently, I I was just kind of sitting there staring at you know the the end credits or something, and and Jackie said you know like what's going on, and I was just like those episodes are a lot. Like yeah, it, it they they seriously, uh, you know they got me they got me feeling again, and it's just the stakes are, are raised to the point where you get done with those episodes and it's just like,
0: wow, I can't believe what I just saw. So, without giving away too much, like, what should I expect out of season three? I think that in season
1: three, and we can talk about this more maybe in our wrap-up special, but briefly I would say season three continues... it. There are plenty of side quests still left in the world of Ooh, but uh, we have an an episodic show on our hands that has story arcs that carry over, and the world is bigger, the characters have more important relationships. Uh, You're exactly right. I I think that the world is irrevocably changed. No matter the outcome of the particular situation we see at the end of this episode,
0: the world of Ooh will never be the same. Awesome. Well, let's definitely save that for our season wrap up episode. We'll definitely talk about that then. But yeah, let's wrap up today. I, I don't I think we've covered a lot. I think we everyone here uh, knows, everyone listening knows we are now jumping into a new world with these characters in this uh, in the land of ooh. So buckle up everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I'm I'm super excited to continue watching. I'm very excited to wrap up this season. I I am just thrilled that we've made it this far and i am really really looking forward to continuing to make this show excellent me too all right well let's go ahead and wrap up this episode of podventure time you know we always like to say thank you to my good friend Will Yates for giving us our intro and outro music. It's called Date Night. It's from his EP, I Know the Feeling. You can pay what you want for that EP and another one at willyates.bandcamp.com. You can also stream his stuff on your typical streaming services. You all should interact with us online. You should head to our Facebook page, which is just called Podventure Time. You should tweet at us at Podventure Time. And we have a super special reason for you all to join our Facebook group, which is called the Treehouse
0: Treasure Room, because Ben, you put in some work. I did. I have begun a, a documentation process of my metaverse. I have begun to, uh, I'm trying to record, mostly before I forget all the gibberish that I've spouted, but I'm trying to get all of that, all that good metaverse theory down on paper and so that, um, y'all can comment on it if you want to remind me things that I've forgotten about, but it's, uh, we're going to build out that, we're going to build that theory out as we get more and more information.
1: Yeah. I think we together are going to build what I'm thinking of as your head cannon.
0: Yep. Exactly. Right. So I have, I've started that process. It's up there for you guys to review and, and make comments on. Because by no means is the metaverse dead. Um, so let's keep it going. Uh, I appreciate, just like in last episode, uh, the listener feedback and listeners, the listener submissions or, or additions to the headcanon. I will I will definitely think about and, and and think about submissions or think about adjustments that you think should be made to this metaverse. I, of course, hold the final veto in in my own headcanon. Only, only makes sense. I would love to hear your thoughts. And so I think... For example, just like last, se- last episode, um, we introduced the concept of Marceline being uh, a half-sister yeah. to Finn and Jake, which I thought was a great addition. And it was based on based on the presence of Marceline's father in uh, the opening se- opening episode of this season. Right. So, good stuff. Submitted by a listener. Now is official headcanon material, so if you've got other stuff like that that you want to submit... By all means shoot me a note and we will uh we'll review it.
1: Yeah, come on, join the group. It's called the Treehouse Treasure Room. Another thing that you can do if you're feeling particularly inspired by our incredible end to season two is go on iTunes and rate and review our podcast. That will uh help other people find out about it. So we would be very appreciative if you did that. Uh otherwise, Ben, you got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, then that wraps up this, what I think was a very special episode of Podventure Time. And until next time, I've been Pat. I've been Ben. And this has been Podventure Time. Give me a hug, hero.